Hail cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I'm good. I'm golden. I'm ready for game week one. <laughs> We've done so much preseason content, and now mm-hmm. we have to really start making decisions. It's all well and good to say, this player looks good, that player looks good. Who's yep. actually going to go in our teams? And uh, we'll get close to deciding that today, right? I think so. I think, uh, you know, the the goal for me, and I, I think with the podcast itself, and then even with my sort of own preparation throughout the summer, going into the end of summer, early fall, is it's like I just want to cast a very wide net, learn as much as I can about what's changed over the summer, new players, who's doing what in the preseason, who might come in, who might leave, stuff like that. And then it's like narrow that focus more and more and more, right? And get down to a pool of, okay, I might consider these it's a, the pool size varies, right? I might consider these five to seven forwards. I might consider these 10 to 12 midfielders. I actually think weirdly with defenders, I feel almost settled. I have like maybe between five and seven that I'm really considering. I think other than that, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty locked in. So that's the goal for this pod. We're going to in just like five minutes here. We're going to reveal our game week one teams. Uh, they, they may change. They likely will change, but this is where we are as of Sunday. We have lots of unanswered questions still, but, um, we did want to give people an update as to where we are with our squads as of right this very moment. And so you actually, we get, we get two for the price of one with Brandon, <laughs> cause you've got two different options that you're sharing sure. here. Uh, and, uh, I, I have, I have a version as well, but I, um, it's I'm in a four four two, which is kind of not what I was expecting, but I, I do like it. So let's okay. see if I if I stick with it. But um, I did first just want to talk a little bit about the uh, community shield that took place this morning. It was uh, not bad, I would say, for by community shield standards. I felt like uh, mm-hmm. the first half you had a little bit of drama. Both teams had some chances. Um, Arsenal. I thought they were outplayed a lot in the first half, but they arguably had the two best chances and sort of classic. My note here just says Havertz, 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 and just the Kai Havertz plays well, and then it's like as long it's just for, you know it's, it's sort of unfortunate that he wasn't really brought in to be a forward, right? But because of what happened to Gabriel Jesus, he's been thrust into this forward role. Same thing and that so the happened first, at Chelsea, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the first kind of high, like significantly high profile match he plays, we get to see Havertz as forward, which means we get to see him multiple times do things very well and then not be able to score really. I mean, yeah. and I, it's, it's sort of, you can say it's unlucky, but it's, it's a pattern that is, that is, that has continued for years and years now. And so you do, uh, it's hard to do, of course. Right. I mean, if everyone could do what Erlen Holland does, then everyone would, the, we'd have more people who could score 30 or 40 goals in a season. Oh. It is very hard to <laughs> take a ball in the turn and get it past the keeper. Right. Well, I mean, you could argue if you want to compare him to Holland, Havertz at least had shots on target. he, touched the ball many more times than Erling Holland did. Yeah. You're uh, dropping Ar- Holland, you think? He's out. Well, Holland let's talk let's let's talk about that. N- no, I will uh-huh. not be dropping Holland. But I thought <laughs> I thought that the community shield was interesting um I'll, mostly from an Arsenal point of view. You know, there was a point like midway through the second half where Foot Mob had Arsenal at 15% possession, but what they were still doing was they were they were pressing really well, and I thought they were limiting City's chances, um, as we saw with just the the comments on Holland. I'm not sure that Havertz was as willing a presser as the rest of the team. Obviously, you lose a lot of energy uh, when Gabriel Jesus drops out of the squad, and 
Sure. Uh, but I've got to compare Havertz to that. And I thought he was a little lax in how much pressure he was putting on. Do you get something a little different if you bring Trossard in and maybe, I don't know, do something different in the in the nine spot? But overall, I, I, th- I thought Arsenal fans should be encouraged as uh, Jurian Timber was maybe the best player on the pitch during that match. Odegaard was doing his thing. I mean, he he didn't have as much space to work in as he will and yeah. against many other Premier League yeah. opponents. This is, this is always the it's always the dilemma. For, I think maybe maybe evaluating both squads really, but certainly Arsenal that they're just not going to play teams like Man City. Well, right. I mean, only twice a year are they going to play a team as as good as Man City, and um, it. I, I don't know that that was kind of Odegaard's like a great, a great spot for him. I thought he was, uh, he was pretty quiet, at least I thought in the first half. And uh, um, yeah, it's, I mean, and of course you can't read too much into these, these, these matches anyway. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, Man City played Burnley uh, on Friday and Arsenal play, I should know this, but I'm just forgetting right now. Arsenal play um, Forest at home on, yeah. uh, on Saturday. So uh, clearly those are um, a horse of another color. And so yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not certainly not basing my team decisions too much on, um, what I saw today, but I think, uh, seeing Alvarez play today, seen Foden benched again, um, which it's not that Foden won't get his, they'll both get their minutes, but like just seeing, see, I don't, just Foden felt he's on, he's now on the wrong side of the trust list. The Josh Landon, do I trust this person enough to have my fantasy team? Mm-hmm. He's, he's officially fallen off it again. Are you, do you feel the same way about Foden? I mean, he did, he did finish 10th in our defender ratings or in a midfield ratings, but um, just feels too risky now. He Foden did come on and change the game. He had a great opportunity to score from an Alvarez pass, and he created uh, he he created the pass that created Kevin De Bruyne's assist to uh, Cole Palmer for the goal. Uh, Foden had an incredible uh, performance coming off the bench, and that is yeah. what to me is so vexing uh, about Foden is. Uh, just not knowing what is going on on the training pitch and off the field that yeah. Pep is aware of that we're totally. not because every time he's on the pitch, I'm just like constantly impressed by Phil Foden. But I just I did want to finish for for all the Arsenal fans listening the arc of Arsenal in this match uh, coming off of that 15 percent possession at some point in the first half they did wrestle control of the game and controlled large parts. I was really. It was just cool to see how evenly matched they were uh, moment to moment in the game. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Foden. Uh, no, it's it's. I we need to see. Well, we'll never see what this city lineup looks like because this city lineup, I think, is going to change over and over and over again. Uh, John Stones, uh, kind of alarming, I think, for people used to seeing him in that inverted fullback position pressing farther up the field was playing just straight up center back with I thought he con- was like all over the place though too there's also times when you see stones you're like oh wow stones is just like yeah. further forward than Alvarez but, right now but that'll pitch. change yeah. like with Guardiol coming in he'll right. presumably replace a kanji in what we saw today but it, the, the squad is just so insanely versatile um, that yep. there's no, there are no learnings about who's going to get more minutes and, uh, over, over another player now. Well, I mean, so what do you think about Alvarez? Alvarez does play. I was hoping he, I, maybe I was, I don't know where this hope came from because he hasn't really played. He's, uh, he's honestly played more as a KDB replacement over the years when he's, when he started than a, 
than as a, a right wing, um, you know, coming off the right, which is where I, from a selfish fantasy perspective, would like to see him play because I just think it's a more stable position that he could kind of um, kind of earn for his own. Right, that, that position is very much up for grabs right now. Right, could be Alvarez, could be um, could be Foden, could be Bernardo Silva, could in theory be Matoma, who is now being rumored, even though he plays in the left side. Apparently, Pep. I mean, it doesn't really matter as much with Pep. So. Um, so that is, uh, but so you know, but he played in this KDB role. Of course, KDB was on the bench. KDB came off the bench and got an assist in today's match. Um, my feeling was, if I saw Alvarez start in the Community Shield, I was going to bring him into my squad because um, at six point five million, it's a fun value punt. I it may just be a short term move. I, I'm not sure that he sticks around forever. Um, but I think you and I. I mean, just, uh, I guess I'll just give it away here, but I mean, you and I both have him in our squad right now. So tell me what you think about, about Alvarez, why he's in your squad. Mm-hmm. If he, if he got moved in today, um, as a result of him starting or watching him play, uh, what do you, you know, what do you think about him at the moment? I think at 6.5, it's incredible value for how many points I expect him to score. The hard thing in FPL with Alvarez is going to be, can you have him in your starting 11 or have him come off the bench for your fantasy team when he does actually score those points in real life? That's the harder thing. But uh, I had him in my drafts prior to the community shield because of that 6.5 price tag. There are no other forwards though. The Joe Pedro case is being, is being mounted now that Joe Pedro seems to be number one penalty taker for Brighton. He's wearing the number nine shirt. It seems like he could be favored over the other starting number nines at Brighton or, or yep. he, just, he started with Welbeck today. So um, they all start Josh. Yeah. But they're like, what else am I going to do with that money that I'm spending on Alvarez? I'm either going to get Joe Pedro or I'm going to get a 4.5 non-playing forward so it just feels it feels more sensible to me to have that 6.5 forward the other thing with Alvarez is there are no other Man City players at this moment that I want in my team we made the case against Foden Mm -hmm. Grealish uh, you know just has not proven to be a consistent fantasy asset there's really nobody else and the defense isn't super appealing over the last few seasons. So uh, I've got space for another city player. Why not him? Yeah. And our, our thanks again, by the way, uh, to um, our friend, Steve, uh, AKA 11 of I for coming on our midweek pod. Uh, He, uh, it was, it was great pod. We had a lot of great feedback from it. It's, uh, it's really good. I I thought very clean guide um, to, it was interesting. I I found out during the pod that um, he works in the legal profession some capacity and uh i was like right that makes sense because i felt like what he was doing in that pod was making things extremely clear mm-hmm. like there like there was just a lot of stuff that he talked about in the pod that that sort of clarified to me ah this is this is how you use x minutes here's how you turn the levers on some of this data in order to make it make sense to you here's you know or or, or sort of to, to factor in your own impressions mm-hmm. and things like that um here's how you use data not to replace your thinking um but to just sort of supplement it or just do it because it's fun and interesting to dig mm-hmm. through this stuff um but anyway he was making a case for uh Grealish on the pod and uh you can see why to a degree because he's one of the most assured starters in the team he is involved in things all the time but then yeah it's like he just doesn't quite 
score or assist enough to um to this this, this is the case we're making yeah. for Kovacic and Declan Rice is that is that what I'm hearing uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, ex- yeah. It sort of feels like you're getting. Uh, it's it's like a central midfielder who who tempts you because they're playing as a as a left wing. But it's just I don't know. Maybe maybe again because it's because you know because uh, Holland is the the goal Roomba right who just vacuums <laughs> up all the goals. But yeah. all right, so let's let's get into our team reveals though, Brandon. Let's 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 quit you know beating around the bush here. Uh, tell me about these two squads that you've copy yeah. and paste it into our running notes here. Sure. I've got a squad and B squad and the, the major okay. difference is Mo Salah or no Mo Salah. And my okay. the draft that currently resides as my bus team in the fantasy mm-hmm. game is the non Salah squad because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually like the Salah squad that I have put together, but the compromises that have been made, they're largely visible on my bench. And mm-hmm. I think the last uh, you know, three seasons or uh, that have been mildly touched by, well, the last season mildly touched by postponements and the previous two uh, with, with COVID I'm like very sensitive about how my bench looks. Now I wouldn't make the case that you've got to have a, a bench full of strong starting players. You've got to just find the cheapest possible guys who this is, this is where I really warm up to Steve 11 of X minutes theory, because if you've got guys on your bench who are getting minutes, like that's that's a big part of the the job. Yeah. So in the in the Sala uh, draft, I've got Chukomenka, Chukwa, Chukomenka, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's uh, the Chelsea midfielder. Chelsea, he's four point five. Sure. So yep. the the fact that they're going through a little bit of an early season injury crisis with Nkuku being out is he he might be tapped for some minutes, but it's not a guy that I'm that's probably going to hold that role for very yeah. long and it's not going to be yeah. super useful in fantasy. And then on my a squad, I at least have a potential goal scorer in Andreas Pereira at 5.5, 5.5 feels actually kind of luxurious for yeah. uh, a bench attacker. So that, that could be augmented just maybe. So I have 0.5 in the bank, but all right, I'll take little, you through, yeah. I'll take you through a squad and then just a quick, what are the differences with the solid squad? Yeah. So I like, though, that you started with your second and third bench spots to really uh, (laughs) to whet everybody's appetite. It really is an exciting. Yeah, well, you know, just yeah, you know, get get right to the the good stuff. So (laughs) Onana in goal. I I don't know. I'm keeping I'm keep getting these visions in my head of who's going to finish second, third, fourth in the league. Is it Liverpool? Is it Arsenal? Is it Manchester United? My enthusiasm for this Manchester United squad is is starting to like build and build. Onana did get chipped, um, pretty pretty uh, astoundingly uh, this weekend. I can't remember who they were playing. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he came out. It, or, yeah, he came out in the uh, in the mix zone afterward and was just saying like, "Hey, I'm the big man in the back. It, this is I'm I'm going to be criticized." And I can take it like what's the big mm. not what's the big deal, but like I know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm a confident player. I just loved his his yeah. attitude. Um, and I do not have Luke Shaw in either of my drafts. I just do think that Manchester United, you know, they'll be probably playing a little bit more buccaneering and high pressing with some of these new signings by Ten Hag. But I just still feel like I like them as a defensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent doesn't make either of these lineups. 
I thought you and Steve uh, last week had a great discussion on Trent's lack of value. I would love, love, love yeah. to have Trent in any of my squads. It's just not working at $8 million. So here's yeah. Virgil van Dyke. Next to him is Saliba. Saliba was, I thought, sensational against Manchester City. Kovacic, who mm-hmm. I thought looked really good in his new role at City, had this driving run into the box. He he blew past a couple of Arsenal players, and Saliba just gracefully ushered the ball out across the uh, the byline. Uh, he looks great. I think he'll he's he's decent for bonus point value. So yeah, five you got a soft you got a soft spot for him too. Yes. Yeah. Estupanon yeah. is and a Pau Torres at Aston Villa rounded out with Isa Cabore, uh, who is mm-hmm. the city transfer to Luton Town. Across the yeah. midfield, uh, Mitoma, Saka, Rashford, and Odegaard. Again, this is the the no solid draft, and 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 we all we already revealed who's on the bench. Andreas Pereira, Saka mm-hmm. just looks like a must-have. He had a kanji on toast a few times uh, today at Wembley. Yeah, Matoma is kind of like if he goes to Man City, he becomes just like this huge fat rotation risk, and I, I'm less yeah. enthusiastic. But I have no idea like how the veracity. Of, of exactly it's hard to say yeah yeah odegaard is i think another player who i just have an affinity for we talked about in our midfielder preview how odegaard uh outperformed his numbers last season so what am i doing here but i maybe this is an x minutes sort of a pick he's i think he's kind of like a better Grealish from a fantasy point of view where he plays more yeah. centrally than Grealish, and but he is like engaged in all of the attacking activity. Yeah, I mean, he, and he shoots. He, you know, he, he's on some free kicks, and uh, I mean, I you know, I'll talk. I could talk about Odegaard a little bit as well, but I mean, I mean, part of it for me, honestly, is um, he may not be a lock forever, but you know, they play Forest at home in game week one. Like loading up with three Arsenal players feels like a pretty yeah. reasonable way to, to to play it. Yeah. And across the front here, I've got Julian Alvarez, Ollie Watkins, and Holland. I am just a Watkins lover. I think as we go into the season, it's always tough because there are a lot of good picks. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be your pick for game week one? I feel like Watkins, he just feels like he has the highest assured ceiling among the sub like Kane mm-hmm. Holland options. I just feel kind of safe with him there. And I do think that he's insanely trusted by Emery. He's on pens, even though he did miss one in the past week. Uh, and also in terms of this non-solid draft, this is what has afforded me to get Watkins up front. It gives me a lot of more flexibility in terms of spreading my cash around the pitch. So at 8 million Watkins can easily become whoever takes off, whether it's Nicholas, Nicholas Jackson at Chelsea, whether it's Joe Pedro who becomes the real deal. Uh, Who knows? Maybe it's dominant Solanke. Who am I to say? And that's the change. Like in the solid draft, I've, I've four, I've given up on Watkins in favor of Joe Pedro. Sala comes in for Odegaard and uh, what other big change did I have to make? Oh, and Rashford becomes Bruno Fernandez, and Andreas Pereira becomes Chuameka. So it's not like okay. drastically different. It's just I, 
there's some level of flexibility here in the non-solid yeah. draft that's appealing to me. I thought I thought your solid draft would be worse than this. It actually isn't bad. Um, it's it's better than I would have expected. I I don't think you really need a five five million uh, like Andreas, for example, on your bench, unless you really see a. a, a a moment where you might rotate early on, you know, with, with one of these players. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I mean, I, I almost feel like in that case, I would, I'd rather just have a 4.5 and then just have that million available, mm-hmm. right. You know, so that you could upgrade to a, a different, a different option if you wanted to. Um, well, you tell me, you tell me about Sala and Liverpool, because looking at your draft, uh, your game week one squad, Salah, you have no Liverpool, no Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't like the prices, and I, I think it's not that Trent's price is bad. It's just, you know, it's, it's a fair price for what he's done. It's just that it's, it's really bad compared to every other option that you might consider, right? It's everyone else that is kind of in the range of of consideration is two point five million cheaper or less, or three million in the case of someone like a Stupinon, right? And so when you look at it through that lens, you're like, God, am I just, is there just not enough value here for me to, to take him? And that's sort of, I think where I am right now with, with him is I just, I just wonder if I'd, I'd rather just, um, uh, sp- spread the money around a little bit. Like I like, I, I put together this, this team that I kind of like right now. And I think even this team, I still have a million in the bank, um, this, this four, four, two. So, um, I'll run through that right now. Um, I've got, uh, I've got Pickford as my keeper, uh, and my my. I actually can't have him right now because I have. Uh, it says I have three Arsenal players, and Matt Turner's move to Forest hasn't been made official yet. But uh, I'm going to make uh, Turner my uh, my other keeper. And I was going back and forth between Onana and and um, and Pickford um, over the last I don't know whatever week or two since you and I did our goalkeeper pod and. Um, I guess that was a week ago. And uh, I think that the Turner move makes it easier in some ways because he basically fills every fixture hole <laughs> for Pickford in a way that really it's like not only is he 0.5 million cheaper, but he also just solves all like there's just a couple of the, 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 the kind of tougher fixtures up ahead um, for Everton are the ones where um, are the ones where Forrest have really strong home fixtures. I think one, one, in one case they play, they place Burnley at home and the other, maybe it's Fulham at home or something like that. So, um, so I, I just sort of like, and I'm not even sure I necessarily will rotate, but I just like be able to be able to have that option, right. An 8.5 million, you know, goalkeeper rotation is, is, is really appealing if you can swing it. It's not even a rotation at that point. It's if you're paying 4.0, it's, you just know you have a backup yeah. in case you're starting. Keeper yeah. gets injured. I think that, yeah, I guess that, I guess that's what it is. And the, and the occasional rotation is just like an added bonus basically. Um, and I, to me, the Pickford, I think there's lots, I think, uh, Johnstone, um, the, um, what is the, what is the name of, I keep forgetting the name of the Brentford keeper, which is kind of funny because he has an interesting name, but it's, uh, Flecken Flecken. Yeah. So you have Flecken as well. Uh, you have Flecken, you have Pickford, you have Johnstone, um, you have others that I'm sure I'm forgetting right now, but to me, the Pickford move is just a um, it's a it's a show of faith that that Sean Dyche will figure out how to get the best out of his defense because that's what he's done his entire career, and they had a full offseason to do it. Uh, Everton have played, I believe, six fixtures so far in the offseason. They've kept clean sheets in four of those six fixtures. Did you see uh, Tarkowski so, went off with a little knock today. 
No. Mm. No, I, I did not see that. But um, Who see, knows how serious it is? Don't know yeah, how serious is, it is, but that's the house of cards is, there. Thank you, Mr. Friendly. You know, I think when you said you were looking for a new team name, Brandon, maybe Mr. Friendly is the team name you should go with. I like that. Mr. Friendly FC. Um, so anyway, so I've got Pickford and uh, and then Turner, who uh, that move is, is is expected to. I think it's they've already agreed terms. I think that'll go through in the next couple of days. It'd be super annoying if that doesn't go through before um, game week one kicks off, though. And uh um, yeah. And then it looks like, well, it looks like Rhea is going to actually happen too. And I don't know what, I mean, God, I thought there were a couple shaky moments today from, from our boy, uh, Ramsdale, but I, I don't know. He's just like, he's, he's just, he's a little loose with the ball. He's got a little of that Ederson thing where he just, he wants to dribble a little bit. And you see that one where he kind of, kind of kicked into his own net and then just saved it just in time. I think that was in the, in the first half. Anyway, um, that's, that's, that's not the point here, Brandon. The point is me going through my defense. So Stop dragging Ramsdale through the mud, Josh. Exactly. I've got, uh, Gabriel, uh, I've got him over Saliba. Just, that's just a goal threat pick there. Uh, I've got Chilwell and I'm just, that's a little bit of a gamble for me. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sort of seeing Chilwell as my Trent replacement, a, uh, some question marks about the defense, uh, much like there are with Liverpool. Uh, but I think that both them are, should have the opportunity to get forward a lot. Don't and, worry. Robert um, Sanchez is going to lock up that defense for Chelsea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there, honestly, but, uh, but he's, he had a good off, you know, he, he's had a good preseason and, uh, I guess I just sort of, there's a part of me that just kind of wants to get in on this, this Chelsea team as well. I think there's something sort of fun about, uh, I, it's like, I, I'm, I'm excited about the fresh start Pochettino. There's a lot of talent in this squad. I, you know, I think this squad, maybe, maybe your, yours would have as well, but I think I would have had in Cuckoo if he hadn't gotten injured this last week. I think Same. that he'd be in my game week one squad and yes. it's, it's a bummer that he's not, uh, Nicholas Jackson, uh, you know, Alvarez could turn into Jackson. Maybe I just feel like I not quite, it's like, I'm not quite there yet in a sense that I, I it's like, I, it feels like too much of a question mark for me to put into my game week one squad. Like, I just don't quite know. I don't know. Maybe if I was a Chelsea supporter, I'd feel more, but you know, but it's like, it's like new signing did have some moments in the, in the, in the off season, but it's just like, do I just go right in with Jackson? I don't know. Right. It's 7.5 is too rich for that. Like I, I think is, I think he looks great. Uh, He's 7 million, isn't he? Not that it really makes a big difference, but I think. Okay. Yeah. 7 million. Yeah. Still, we're talking basically what I'm telling you, Josh, is he's above seven. He's 7 million great, greater than or equal to 7 million. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. And that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking uh, again about Ali Watkins is Nicholas Jackson could be somebody that just comes right flying out of the gates and, um, no, like Tammy Abraham is another Chelsea striker who comes to mind where it wasn't that uh, Tammy Abraham was a new transfer to Chelsea, but he was a youth product, an academy product, I believe, and finally got a start. And then he just started banging in the goals and we're like, well, this is good value. Let's bring him into our yep. fantasy squad. So it could be the same here. Yeah. And, uh, even if it's a short term thing, I mean, part of me is like, am I just, do I just have Alvarez? Oh, okay. Here's what I'll say though. Cause I, I think I mentioned that you and I both have Alvarez in our teams right now. I think there is an extremely good chance that there will be a, now, of course you should not bank on this because the game, uh, is going to be doing a lot of uploads, a lot of people saving their teams, a lot of chaos in the server, but I think there's a chance that we will get a leak for what the Chelsea team or excuse me, for what the Man City team looks like 
on Friday going into the kickoff match, right? It's the first game of the, of the game week. Um, and I think that there's a chance we'll know what that lineup is. So if you get any kind of leak, it'll be a good opportunity. Have a backup in mind. If Alvarez doesn't start or if Alvarez does start and you were a little offense about it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe have a draft with, with, with him in it as well. So um, leave 0.5 yeah. in the bank to go up Just to Nicholas case. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And for me, um, well, let me let me let me get there. Um, so I've got uh, Gabriel Chilwell, Estupanon. Uh, Estupanon to me is the one uh, mortal lock in this in this eleven. Just the at five million, uh, he's terrific. They play Luton Town at home. Just you know, easy pick. Um, Luke Shaw is the other one, and Luke Shaw is is kind of new to my team and. Part of it is I because I'm not going with a Liverpool player. It just gives me a lot more money to spread around my squad. And um, yeah, I just like I like the I like the wolf the wolves fixture to kick things off. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I think I think this defense you know, they're pretty strong last year, and I think they're kind of only going to get better with Onana. And they play uh, Wolves and Forest at home in uh, two of their first three. Spurs away in game week two. I think that could be okay as well. Um, the next, you know, game weeks four and five, that's it's Arsenal and Brighton. But um, I think that, I, I think you could argue that you can start someone like Shaw in any fixture. He's not like a, you know, like in a mobile center back that you're just not going to get kind of anything from, right? Like I think even in a, even a match where they lost, they conceded you could still get attack. I mean, this is kind of what he was known for last year, right? It's like they would, he was sort of always in the bonus and even, even in, you know, matches where they conceded, he was mm-hmm. kind of right up there because he was just creating so many chances for, for Man United. Um, all right. And then my midfield, I've got, um, uh, Rashford and I, I have two doubles here, Brandon. I've got Ra- Rashford and Bruno mm-hmm. and I've got Odegaard and Saka. Now, did I just not want to make a decision? I don't know. But I do like the idea of of doubling up on those. I mean, you just kind of, it just seems kind of clean to me. And I think the one change I could see myself making would be to go in a 4-5-1. Uh, and if I did that, I would probably have either Matoma or Mbomo in the fifth midfield spot. And then I would have Holland as my lone striker up front. Uh, I think that, in, you know, I remember talking to a friend of mine. Everyone knows that you can, you really can do basically as long as you have at least one forward, you can have, you, you can really have, like, as long as you keep, you can have, you need to have at least one forward, but you can, you can be in a four, five, one, or you could be in a, I, I don't know, I guess like a five, four, one, if you wanted to. So that is, that is another option that I might consider would be to just, to just go that way. Um, because I do really love the pool of 6.5 million midfielders, right? I mean, there's just, there's so many to pick from. And I, it feels like this week we've seen kind of the rise of Eze as mm-hmm. a, as a possibility. Um, but you have Eze, you've got, uh, Mbomo who's on pens, um, that appears at least for Brentford. Um, obviously you have, you have Matoma. And so I could see, you know, it seems very appealing to me to, to sort of mix and match a little bit. And I just feel a little, um, I feel a little better about those, those 6.5 million midfielder options than I do kind of any of the forwards in that range, right? You brought up, um, your boy Solanke, right? I know you're excited about him, Brandon, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just not, I'm just not there yet with him. And so, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then I did, I did we're just going back to the, the Rashford and Bruno, uh, Manchester mids. I did watch some yeah. of the Manchester United lens match. That was, uh, I think it was Saturday. It doesn't matter. Um, Mason yeah. Mount was actually really involved in the attack much more so than Bruno Fernandez at times. So, 
This is not a pick I'm ready I'm to make. About that. Yeah, yeah. It's not a pick I'm ready to make, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, Brennan, I may just have to go back to our actual midfield rankings mm-hmm. and just and just go through there. Maybe maybe Mount cracks the list. Uh, but for now, I, I I like it. I think I, I'd say Saka and Odegaard are more of a lock than the Bruno Rashford duo. But um, I like the way this looks. I also like having this like nice swath of red throughout my you know my actual yeah. team it's very clean looking yeah right? so people have their data and their models and i'm getting into numerology this summer mm-hmm. as i've said a couple times before Many and times. yeah for those of yeah. you who don't know numerology is just looking for numbers in the world and seeing how numbers actually materially affect uh reality and I put there, you can go online and find these free numerology calculators. You just pop in your name and your birthday and you can get your numerology chart read. Come to find yep. out, uh, uh, Saka and I actually share a birthday. That's a little insight into my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But uh, Saka's life path is actually rated by numerology as a 17-8. 8 means one plus seven equals eight. And an eight or the 17 significance in numerology is this 17 gives you an energy of celebrity and stardom. It gives the charisma to be on stage, shine like a star and tap into the deep archetypal archetypal currents of art and beauty and communicate these aspects to humanity. So that's a little free plug for numerology, basically telling us exactly who Bakayo Saka is. Uh, He's a star. Brandon, you know what's spooky is that my lucky number is 17. Well, so, there wow, you it's, all, it's, all, it's all coming together now. Uh, all right. So then I've got I've got Alvarez and Holland up front. We talked about them both a lot. I probably talked enough about my team already. I think that we should get into um, some listener questions, questions about game week one itself. Um, first, uh, quick plug, please. Well, Okay, I don't have to plug it this hard, but please come and uh, join and join the join join the Patreon and support the podcast. Uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can uh, talk strategy, join tons of mini leagues. We've got a big thread going now with all the various mini leagues that you can join. Uh, lots of different types of mini leagues. Some may have money, some don't, Brendan. I don't know. I don't get into that, that kind of stuff. Know. That's not mm-hmm. that's not for us to know, exactly. Uh, not, not, not any that we're running personally, however. I will clarify that. Uh, you get an extra podcast each week and Announcing this for the first time right now, Brandon. Tomorrow, our friend, old friend, Mark, aka the FPL General, will be joining us for an exclusive Patreon interview. Very, very excited that he's taking the time to do that with us. Uh, he's your old, your old friend from Scotland, Brandon. You guys hung out and had, yeah. a, had a had a had a cup of tea or something like that. Uh, yeah, Mark bought me a, a coffee and a crumpet there in Glasgow, and what a lovely guy. But also a. a if if he's uh, more brilliant in playing fantasy than he is a lovely guy, uh, that might be true. I can't wait to talk to Mark the General this week on the yeah. Patreon pod. I think so too. Especially, I, I want to keep it kind of broad. And I think one thing he he that he's really good at is managing his inputs. So sort of taking not not being kind of like such a slave to twitter or whatever reddit like you name it and uh just sort of like he really pairs down his inputs and um i know that he's talked about how that's made him uh do better in fantasy honestly because mm-hmm. he just doesn't quite he's not bombarded with as much information uh i also wanted to thank some new and returning patrons uh thank you to christian Mialard, sam walters craig mayfield svein skolt jorgen uh yixnoy brandon panikar tom hamilton uh joe Alistair, Jonathan Mahler, Harry Wool, Dan Parsons, and Mike Williams. 
think a couple of these are are renewing. I think sometimes also people like change their credit card. It shows up as a new patron. Okay. So, uh, you know, <laughs> all, <laughs> these, all these people have well, very good a finances. A couple of these people, I'm like, a couple of these people, like, I, they're pretty sure they've been supporting the pod for a long time. But anyway, Brandon, they, they registered as new to us. Uh, and most of them are actually, of course, a new, yeah, new patron. It's, so thank you to everyone. It's always a pod. good time at the start of the season to quote unquote, renew your vows with the always cheating podcast. Exactly. Uh, so that's uh, patreon.com slash always jeans where you can do that. Brandon, we have one more shout out here. Do we not? Oh, uh, yes. We, we must talk about our good friends at the Fantasy Football Hub. Now, you're listening to the Always Cheating Podcast. You're, you're a serious involved manager. You're looking for ways to win. Uh, Josh and I have, have insight for you, but, but a huge tool, your one-stop shop, is going to be Fantasy Football Hub, and it is a great moment to join as you're solidifying your plans for the season because there are so many arrows in the Fantasy Football Hub quiver, from expert team reveals, getting your team rated by artificial intelligence. That is not a joke. That is real AI uh, giving you feedback on your team based on opted data. Fantasy Football Hub, the hub, as we should call it, Josh, has a stream of, of opted data. That's the real stats from the Premier League. You can go in and use their uh, their data tools to find all of that tie-breaking data information that you you need as you apply it to the, the uh, eye test you're giving as you watch mm-hmm. these games. Or maybe you're just a full data junkie and a data nerd. But here's the, here's the real juice. You want to win your mini league? Win your mini league with fantasyfootballhub.co.uk or you'll get your money back. Terms and conditions apply. To get 50% off a membership at any tier, there are a few different tiers in which you can join the hub. Just go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always and you can get 50% off membership at any tier. Again, that's slash always fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. That's very impressive, Brennan. That was with no notes. That was just you uh, thinking about the things you like about that site. It's very impressive, you know, when you do when you do that kind of off the cuff. I like a lot of things. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. You should you should have done like a extemporaneous speaking or something when you were in high school. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to get back and talk about game week one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
All right, Ben, we're back. Game week one kicks off on Friday, Burnley, Man City. Um, As I mentioned before, we may get some leaks, but also a reminder, because this happens every single year, a reminder that the kickoff is 90 minutes before the game, not an hour like it used mm-hmm. to be. It's been a few years now, but people still get caught up in that and forget about the the 90 minute part of it. So uh, if if you're you know in the U.S., when you go on your lunch break, just make sure you got a team that you're okay with because you never know. It's, uh, it's honestly, especially if there's a leak, right? If there's a gigantic leak, right? Like if, Ir- if Erlen Hollins tweaked his ankle or mm-hmm. something uh, that morning uh, and he is out, we're going to see lots of lots of chaos and people mm-hmm. rearranging their teams, right? So um, let's see. Uh, so just, you know, get, get your team in nice and early. But I think Burnley Man City, is it's an interesting one because I feel like, um, at least on our end, we have not focused so much on the promoted teams this year. And I think the Luton Town, I think, is an especially interesting story. And I think they're, they're one, it's like, it's like giving me anxiety because like they have all the stadium stuff that like they have to fix, you know, it's like, and I'm like, is everything going to be okay with Luton town? Like, mm-hmm. is this, is the stadium going to work? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, they, they're not going to have the underwater that the pitches may not be, it should be okay for the fall, but then we'll see for the, you know, the autumn, you know, just we'll, move we'll them to Wembley. I'll ask Spurs. It'll be yeah, great yeah. to see Luton take over Wembley for a season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, um, so anyway, so I, I think we got an interesting uh, set, but I, you know, I think Burnley, Burnley were were excellent last year in the uh, in the championship, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do at home. And I, I'm glad that they get to host this first match because you can see them really come out and fire. And I, I feel like uh, I remember it was I think it was three years ago when Brentford hosted Arsenal, and it was their first match. Uh, you know, in their case, they've been gone for a really long time, uh, but they came back and it was just the stadium was, was lit up. It was a really fun match. I think they won two nil. Sure. And so, uh, and so the I, think, added I think blockbuster is Vincent company is managing Burnley. That's and right. A former city player. That's, so it's, that's it, a great, great narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, so when you look at the matchups though, for this weekend, so we have match we have the, with the Friday game and then we've got our, your standard kind of full slate of matches on, uh, on Saturday, uh, Sunday, we got a couple more and then Monday we close things out with Man United Wolves. So it's four full days of premier league to kick off the season, which feels more than usual. I, I don't remember there being a, a, a Monday usually in game week one. So we're really getting a lot to, to kick things off here. Um, are there teams, you know, are there matchups, Brandon, that you especially like or dislike this weekend? So, like, you know, is there a game where one, you think one team could really score a lot and or maybe keep a clean sheet or just like, is there, is there just one match where like, wow, I really think that X team is just going to absolutely annihilate, mm-hmm. you know, the other team? Yeah, I think Brighton is going to throttle Luton playing at home. We saw them at the Red Bull Arena playing Newcastle, just cutting Newcastle's midfield up for fun, and that was yeah. not with a, a full, fully stacked starting eleven. So that it, that just gives me um, more desire to to make sure Matoma is with the squad and, yeah. and playing because yep. I think there are, yep. there are bountiful points there. Joe Pedro suddenly like that becomes a. I mean, where where do you fall here, Josh? Where maybe we have a. a as good an understanding as we possibly could that Joe Pedro is going to start in game week one. Is this one game week enough to make you want to bring in a player like that who might have a higher ceiling than they would in the coming weeks? It's Wolves, West Ham, Newcastle, Manchester United to follow for Brighton. So you've at least got 
two, three really juicy fixtures for Brighton to start. Or, or is yeah. there too too many unknowns for you to make a punt like that? I mean, and we're, I mean, Chubb, I guess I'm still struggling with this a little bit. I mean, Chubb Pedro was was, I I mean, listen, I don't know what the underlying stats said about him, but I I found him to be a very underwhelming player when he was at Watford, right? And so the idea that he's suddenly this this kind of dominant force and Deserby is like a miracle worker. I mean, he's incredible and it seems to bring out the best in everybody. So um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, but, and it's like, we're, we're certain he's going to start game week one. Right. I feel like that's, that's my other worry. It's just like, is he definitely hundred percent a starter? Um, the match for you and I, we, we, you and I saw Brighton play. Uh, it was a pretty strong lineup they put out there and he wasn't starting mm-hmm. that match. And was that just a rest and rotation thing or, or what? Right. And so I think that's, I guess there's just a little concern that if I bring in job Pedro, I might only get 30 minutes from him or something yeah. like that. The opening, yeah. You know, game week. I mean, the, the, the obvious fixtures here are city should score a handful against Burnley. Arsenal should do very well at home hosting, Forest, Forest, and then Manchester yeah. United hosting Wolves. So it's City, Arsenal, United teams that are pretty obvious in terms of yeah, fantasy sure. picks, and yeah. somewhat obvious in terms of you know the the two or three guys that you really want to zero in on. I mean, I yeah. do feel like we haven't cracked the uh, the midfield on Manchester United standout picks just yet. And then I, I think yeah. I think Sunday is actually going to be fun watching, but in terms of fantasy, feels like a huge minefield. Brentford, <laughs> yeah, there's totally. some news about Mbwomo picking up an injury, but Fra- uh, Thomas Frank has come out and said that he's, he looks like he'll be fit for Sunday. Who knows yep. what's going on with Harry Kane? And then it's Chelsea v. Liverpool. Liverpool really str- struggle away from Anfield. You know, in recent yep. memory, uh, compared to their, you know, how high their ceiling is at Anfield, so it's it's a really unpredictable. And Sunday feels more a pure watch to me. Yeah, I agree. I think that that it's like you want to have a little bit of fantasy juice in those mm-hmm. games, or at least one of them. But I I agree. I think I think uh, the huge question about about Kane and 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 Spurs. Right? I mean, Kane scores a hat trick today. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything though, because we've seen this before. We've seen players play and then and then leave their club the next day. And so it still seems it still seems like what's most likely to happen is, I mean, unless unless Levy is really willing to just part with eighty to a hundred million to let King go for free next summer, which seems like an incredibly bad business decision, right? I mean, oh, is, yeah, King, this idea is King that one season worth idea that, that Spurs will? Oh, God. I, I can't I can't be this negative. Let's move on. Spurs okay. are Spurs, well, the Champions League purse uh, like Spurs getting into the top four seems like a pretty long. Uh, it seems like a long shot to me versus the money yeah. they can just get for Kane right now. It feels like there's going to be a lot of competition for those spots. I, I I tend to agree. It seems like maybe it's better to take a half step back and, and reinvest a little bit. I mean, with that, like, I, I don't know. I guess the money changes so much, right? At this point, like they could sell Kane and that, that affords you like a defensive midfielder or something. <laughs> like what, what even is money anymore, Brandon? I, I don't know. And uh, I know that you don't know. So um, I think it's, but uh, so let's say, okay, let's say though, uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Kane, uh, Bayern Munich, uh, social media, boom, Kane's in a, a Bayern Munich jersey. It's done. Deal mm-hmm. completed. It happened in the, you know, overnight. Um, so if that happens, I, 
really well just because I, I just the kind of way that I play I just I will have Richarlison because <laughs> I just cannot resist an out of position midfielder playing as a forward like that I just I he's only seven million I I, I it's just gonna be very hard for me to resist it seems most likely that Kane will move but it'll happen after the season's already begun because that's how it spurs tend to do these things, right? They're going to, they're going to wait until they're, they're, they'll sacrifice. A few Everyone must be punished a little. Yeah, exactly. You sacrifice a few weeks and, and maybe lose a couple in order to um, see if they can squeeze more money out of Bayern Munich or whatever. But, um, but anyway, so I think that most likely we won't have to really worry about this for a few weeks, but what, what happens if it goes the other way? And uh, Kane comes out and says, you know what? I've had a change of heart uh, and I'm, I'm going to sign another, uh, 11 year contract with Spurs, that all? whatever. Yeah. His brother. Well, how long was the last was like six years, right? His yeah, brother signed or, this like six, six year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Don't have your brother do your deals. Right. That feels like a, like a dangerous game. I love my um, brother, but I'm not, yeah, it's not happening. Seems dangerous. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what happens though, if, if Kane does that, if Kane is uh, committed to, uh, you know, being buried under the stadium or whatever, do you, <laughs> would you, would you consider Kane for your squad? Cause I, I'll tell you right now, I would, I think I would very strongly consider just having Kane from game week one, if he was definitive. Oh yeah. And if I can, be, and if I can just step off Mike and, and talk directly to all the Sala owners right now, just talk, talking directly to you, um, <laughs> straight Josh, if you could just, here. if you could yeah. just mute for a moment so I can talk to them, that'd be really terrific. Um, and this, if this, in this situation, you will drop Sala and you will use that money to fund Harry Kane because, in terms of the captaincy chip, this is very important for whether you, yeah, we have Holland, assuming Holland stays fit playing most of the season, you're captaining Holland virtually every game week, which nullifies to a degree Salah's impact on your fantasy returns because uh, you're not captaining him. Or I guess I should say yeah. just like overall value. Uh, sure. I think Kane is eminently more cap captainable at, in this moment based on what we saw last season than sala is so if you're just looking for a backup captaincy option i'd much rather have kane than sala personally all right now you can unmute josh uh and come oh, back thanks. what thanks. do you think feels feels good what do you think about yeah kane? i think it, if kane well it's not going to happen but if kane was like i'm i'm here forever then yeah he'd be in my game week one squad for sure i make make like a little bit of a promise to myself last season that i would not play the Kane game again. I feel like I kind of derailed my season last year by, by trying to get cute. And I basically, I, I had gotten, I was, I was doing quite well on the season and I, partially it was because I just relied on Kane just weekend. I just had this kind of unbalanced team where I had Holland and Kane up front. Uh, but Kane is just so consistent, right? right? He's he rarely gets you the 20 pointer, but it's just incredible how valuable it is to get the six to nine points every single mm-hmm. week, right? It just sort of, it means your floor is always so high. You never have a truly bad game week when you've got someone that, that consistent with, with returns. And so, um, but unfortunately it, it really just seems like, uh, inevitable that, uh, that he's going to move. And I, I think from a fantasy perspective, it just, it just doesn't feel like it's going to get resolved before Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So many things would have to happen in the next four days <laughs> for us to, feel good about this and yeah. and I don't. And so it really feels like it's, it's, it's a first wildcard thing. And maybe that's for the best anyway, because by the time a first wildcard rolls around, 
we will most likely have had a chance to see Richarlison play um, in the new system as a, as an out of position forward, and and maybe he thrives, and um, and, and you know, and 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 then he's. I mean, listen, he scores a couple of goals early on as an out of position, seven million midfielder, and he's going to be like the second most highly owned player in the game after um, Holland, right? It's just going to happen. You know, especially early on, I feel like these bandwagons go like zero to 60, you know, so quick. So um, anyway, so I'm sort of curious. I feel like it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, this question for you too. And I'll, I guess I'll, I'll start things off here, which is, you know, what's, what squads do I feel like I still need to brush up on over the next few days? Like, you know, ahead of Friday, it's you and I did a lot of top line thinking with some of our pods, like mm-hmm. in a lot of top 10 midfielders, top 10 defenders, et cetera. Um, what I haven't done is look at the top three players on wolves. Like <laughs> who are the three wolves players that I want? And I, I think that spurs are kind of there too, because because the Kane situation is still unresolved, it's like I don't. It's like I don't almost don't. I, I just don't want to think about them at all, right? Until that until that situation's been taken care of. Like I have kind of all this extra money right now. Once I decide not to go with Trent and Salah, why is Son not part of my considerations, right? But but it's just like, and I think it's because I have a block on that team until the Kane thing is done because I just don't want to. It's like it's just too messy for me or something like that, right? And it feels like it's going to be messy for the squad. Like it's going to be a distraction. Although he scored a hat trick today again, so maybe it's not a huge distraction. I don't know. Uh, this this stuff is always – it always feels more extreme to the fans than it does to the players, right, who treat it kind of matter-of-factly. Um, I would say uh, West Ham are another club that I – uh, our friend uh, Tom Campbell was like, oh, you know, what do you think about <laughs> just recommending that people target fixtures against West Ham to start <laughs> off the season? I don't know if I go that far, but I, I do. It does feel like they haven't done a ton in the offseason to kind of get at least our attention here on the pod. And, and they do. You know, they lost Declan Rice, unfortunately, too. So uh, I think they could. It could become a story if, if Ariola becomes the starter. I think there's there's your story, right? I think that um, you could, in theory, have a double four million rotation with Matt Turner and and Ariola. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, you got Ariola letting in three goals a match and getting zero saves. It's a could be an interesting <laughs> story. That's an ex Fulham player you're talking about, Brandon. That's uh, uh, yeah. That's harsh. What good did it do us? We got relegated that season. So your old news, man. We got we got Leno. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> what about you? Do you have any, uh, any, I, I mean, I know, I know for you, like before the pod started, you were telling me just these kind of fascinating anecdotes about Luton town. And I, I was <laughs> shocked, like your level, the granular detail uh-huh. that, you know, almost, I mean, to the, to the academy level kind of blew me away. So yeah. I don't know if you want to get into that on this pod or we can save it for a future one, but I was, yeah. I was pretty, pretty impressed here. Here's a name I'm learning for the first time right now. Lyle Foster. Uh, you know, okay. I'll give you plenty of time to figure out who he is. Uh, he plays, yep. he plays up front for Burnley. He, okay. He is a, he is a player who plays in the Premier League. <laughs> and that's, I did not know even that. Elijah so, yeah. Adebayo and, uh, okay. Carl Morris up front for Luton okay. Town. Okay. Yep. So we're knocking those guys out. And then yep. we've got, uh, William Osula and <laughs> I've heard of this guy. Oliver McBurney up front for Sheffield United. Ollie. So uh, there is uh, Burnley, as you noted earlier, had a spectacular cruise through beach vacation through the championship. They played so well. And one of the earliest teams to win automatic uh, promotion in the championship in a long time. 
So why don't we know anything about them uh, apart from like the Josh Brownhills of of the world and how Vout Veghorst still can't even uh, get a job in, in that team? So I'm really yeah. excited to uh, watch the promoted teams play this weekend and to get a better sense of just their mojo, their vibe, what they're about, uh, whether they're even worth investing in. I mean, the the promoted teams are obviously always a great place to look for your for your bench spots. But I really yeah. need to brush up on what they're all about yeah. and who their regular featured stars are going to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that Ali doesn't play at Turf more. By the way, because he could then change his name to Ali McBurnley. And mm-hmm. I feel like then he'd be a, he'd be mm-hmm. a club legend, Brandley, Ollie McBurnley, like that that guy would be a, a hero. I feel like so, that's some uh, sort just, of intellectual yeah. property uh, violation if he were to do that. So he <laughs> he there. By the way, uh, this Sheffield team, it's crazy. Like everyone's flagged, and they have one. They have eight flags on the, in the squad. They only have six midfielders listed, which is about half as many as every other team in the premier league. Some, some fun old names though, Brandon Norwood, Sander Burge, remember him? Uh, so lots, lots of, lots of, I mean, and basically all the forwards we, we whenever know, I see Sander Burge, I always think of, uh, Serge Gainsbourg, the, uh, great, uh, French sure. sort of, uh, crooner. Yeah. Did he just pass away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah, mean I did, to, yeah. didn't mean to bring us down. It's a, yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. As far as like, uh, non-promoted teams that I'm excited to see play and sort of get yeah. a little bit more friendly yeah. with is forest actually because so forest was yeah. they were such a roller coaster last season and yep as as i i play the negative character on this podcast i always look for the worst in people and in, and in yep. teams in the world um i found myself just like constantly rooting for forest to fail and i i do think that they're they're manager is a clown but anyway um they did they did deliver uh, by the way <laughs> Yes. I was going to say good news. Uh, Serge Gainsbourg died uh, 32 years ago. So we're, we're good on that. It's 91. I was thinking of, of Jane Birkin, his wife, who, who did die uh, a couple of weeks good ago. Save. So I good had save. the, I had the French uh, on the brain apparently. All right. Now back to, back to my love of Steve Cooper. I, you know, yep. Forrest, Forrest did deliver some entertainment. So I have to, I have to tip my hat. So are we going to get a continuation of the Forrest entertainment story this season? Or are they going to struggle to be as amped up yeah. and, and deliver any results? They were they were really good at home, so I'm I feel better like uh, beating up on them because they're away in game week one. Uh, so yeah, prove me wrong, Forrest. Make me respect you. I thought I will make me. I, I thought they ended the season on a, an impressive note last year. They were they were basically. I feel like they were fairly safe going down the stretch, which was pretty impressive for a team that was really like kind of remade on the fly last season. Sure. I, don't, I don't know. You know, usually that does, it does not, yeah. they basically tried to, they pulled a Fulham, but it, they pulled it off, which sure. I was yeah. really yeah. impressive. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do obviously to spend that much money and to make it all click into gear. So yeah. What, a, what about Fulham? You and I, I mean, you're a Fulham supporter. You've, you follow the club very closely. Listen to podcasts about Fulham. You think about Fulham. You have Fulham bed, you know, bed mm-hmm. bed sheets. Like you have the, the whole thing. Um, what what do you think about Fulham going into the season? What are your what are your like? What's what's a what's a quick elevator pitch on on Fulham? Good or bad? 
Yeah, there were some very low points this summer for Fulham where it looked like we would have no center backs and Mitrovic was going to Saudi Arabia. Mitro has not left Fulham yet, uh, and he actually got minutes for us on Saturday. Interesting. It's, okay. it's, it's unclear what's going on there. Raul Jimenez was starting up front. But there's no way we bought Raul Jimenez to be our starting number nine. I don't think so. But the story is is getting better. I mean, the 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 biggest problem it turns out this summer was Joao Polina uh, dislocating his shoulder. uh, Some such he's going to be out for for like another month or so. Okay, Uh, maybe that just stays him like being sold to another club. uh, we'll see. But this guy, Kelvin Basie, was, came into the club, and he's now starting at center back alongside uh, Diop or Tosin. Could go either way. He looked mm-hmm. fantastic against Hoffenheim on Saturday. He ended up scoring a goal. So this is like suddenly things are starting to look up. Raul Jimenez also scored in his first first start at the Cottage. So there, these are the good things. The bad things are... I don't think there are bad things. I think Fulham is just going to be solidly lower mid table and they're kind of going to be a team of zero consequence to fantasy managers. I mean, Everton, I would not bet. I still wouldn't bet against this Fulham team scoring in virtually every match they play. So this is my one concern about Everton defense uh, going against Fulham. But I do think... Fulham will just have a very quiet, mediocre surviving season. Yeah, it's you kind of want, and you know, it, it, I think sometimes with these these kind of mid table ish clubs, they they do wait to make their transfers, the their kind of big deadline day transfers, until a little closer to the deadline because there's just there, there's sometimes there, there's a little more value there, right? They're mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to overpay, uh, you know, a, a, some of the top teams like Man United, they're they're a little will, more willing maybe to overpay for someone like Mason Mount because it gets them into the squad sooner. They can use them for the, uh, you know, to promote their lucrative off season friendlies in the United States. I mean, you and I are guilty of giving money to that. Well, actually, we didn't even pay for those. So you know, <laughs> we, but yeah, then we, we had a great fun too. Uh, but it was, I think that there's. Um, Whereas I think with with a club like Fulham, there's something we said for just waiting until the last yeah. couple of days to to make make a move. So, but it does feel like what they're missing, and maybe this is true of a handful of other clubs as well. They're missing that like one big signing. The kind of I guess it's a little bit like Andreas last year, right? Andreas came in a little bit late. I felt like to the club. I, I don't think I don't think he was there the whole summer. Was he before he? Um, oh, I I don't I don't, I don't really matter. recall. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like Fulham have gotten good since their ill fated. Uh, promotions that we we were kind of hinting at 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 buying buying value they've actually fully become really good fantasy managers and that they're finding value in the marketplace uh they're still not finishing in the top 100k is tony khan's problem but you know yeah, we're on their way. Okay, well, that was a nice little potted uh, story about Fulham going into this season. I think that was uh, was useful for me, anyway. All right, um, let's take one last break, Brandon, and then we want to answer some uh, last minute dilemmas, uh, specifically listener questions, the things that people are debating going into um, yeah, as they make their final preparations ahead of game week one. All right, Brandon, we're back. Last minute dilemmas, listener questions, thoughts, comments, and rants. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Brian says, Brandon Kelly, who is your biggest punt <laughs> and why? I like like looking at my A squad, I don't think I have any 
punts. And I think that's kind of the intention of the squad. Alvarez is, is a little punt. I suppose that's true. So why am I punting on Alvarez? We kind of we kind of hashed it out at the start of the pod, but I just think at 6.5, there's irresistible value there. It could become a problem, and we'll sort that out when we wildcard first, but I don't think there's a lot of risk. It's like uh, low risk, high reward with Alvarez. Yeah. What, what about you? Do you feel like there's anybody of a particular punt nature in your squad? Yeah. Chilwell, Shaw. Alvarez. Uh, I think there's like a, a few that I feel like uh, uh, punty in the sense that I'm not like they're not necessarily in everyone's team. And I there's like a, a, like I, in some ways I have them based a little bit on hope, faith, feeling like sort of this could work out. Right. Yeah. That sort of um, that, that I feel like that's what puts things. It's I, I, I you know, I would never make a decision based purely on like just a like a, a straight up hunch right but it's like price combined with fixtures combined with preseason performance combined with past performance right it's like it's like a series of factors that all sort of go into go into it a little bit but um i think i you know so i i think those would be my my kind of hunchier picks i yeah. think that um um i think formation wise the formation feels like a little bit of a a punt for me too. If I stick with this four four two, I haven't seen that too much um, out there, and so um, and if I if I go four five one, that's going to feel very hunchy. I don't think I've ever started the season with a four five one before, and yeah. so that would be um, that would be pretty wild if I if I go on that route too. But it's it, kind of appealing as far as punts that we haven't really mentioned. Now I did bring up Mount. I think Mount is a, an interesting punt that could just fall flat or. Or be one of the worst punts where you're kind of like week to week questioning why, you, yeah, you know, like little getting like an assist here and there, mm-hmm. yeah. You yeah. can never yeah. always doing yeah. enough for you to not let go, but you know they're in the long term <laughs> hurting your team. But yeah. then there is a guy who we've not talked about is Darwin Nunez, and Liverpool's attack is kind of a fantasy mess in that there are too many guys and too mm-hmm. few positions. Is it Jota? Is it Diaz? Is it Cody yep. Gakpo? But yep. Darwin, if if Darwin gets the nod and he gets the minutes, he could be uh, he could be sensational this season. Just in terms of like what I was thinking watching the Community Shield and with Kai Havertz, we saw we saw so much of the same thing we saw of him at Chelsea. So if you could argue, well, Havertz going to Arsenal, he's going to be surrounded by better players or if not better players he's going to be just in a better a club in a better moment than he was yeah in the champions league winning chelsea uh so funny yeah to think yeah about. yeah but watching Havertz, i'm like well was the problem at chelsea Havertz the whole time um <laughs> I, I, again the dude scored like he left a lasting mark on the club and scored the winning goal in the champions league final but yeah. Havertz is a, from a fantasy perspective of a volume game and depending on how long Jesus is out and Havertz plays up top, I think he's just going to get a huge volume of opportunities to score uh, fantasy points. It's true. It just doesn't seem fun, does it? It does not seem fun. To, there's nothing to make fantasy fun again about having. Yeah. Uh, so so that's that's squad. that's the thing about like this is a weird point in the season where the punts don't feel fun because 
you're kind of predicting the negative outcome. As soon as you get mm-hmm. a, a few data points, you know, three or four game weeks into the season, you start to have a little bit more belief in these punts and they become yep. more fun at the outset. But if you were to make the right call on a punt right now for game week one, like those who all had Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy 2015-16 season from game week one, imagine that yep. feeling. That's fun. So yeah. uh, if you can get it right uh more power to you but it's a it's a risky game it's a risky game well let's let's talk about this uh the kind of the other side of it the the risky part of it right i'm gonna take the next two questions together because i think they're they're sort of well they they appeared back to back in our patreon question feed brandon so maybe maybe someone was responding to the other persons but yuri l says is Zhao pedro the way to make 343 work and forget a 6.5 mid scored a second penalty the preseason today while gross was on the pitch that is useful to know or more straightforward is Zhao pedro at 5.5 better than the 6.5 million mids and then fpl guy this is uh, 15 uh-huh. minutes later, Brandon said. Uh, who are the Nettos and Leon Baileys of this preseason? And is Zhao Pedro one of them? So, wow. So this this is the trick, right? It's you want to find the fun, punty players, the the kind of um, the players who, whether they're new signings to the Premier League or players who've moved for another club or players who just just done extraordinarily well in preseason and get on them before everybody else, right? That is that is that is not only fun, but it's also a, uh, an incredible way to to get off to a strong start in fantasy, right? If you can if you can pick, as you were just saying, if you can pick one or two of those, right? But are, yeah, are there is there anybody? We talked about Pedro a little bit already, but is there anybody? that you feel like is a little bit of a bandwagon right now in the preseason that a lot of people are talking about that you just aren't super high on, you know, overall. Is there, does anybody come to mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, it sounds like you're talking exactly like Musa Diaby, who uh, moved from Bayer Leverkusen to Aston Villa. So he's, yeah. a, he's an yeah. attacking mid and people have high hopes for him. He's priced at 6.5 in the game, I believe. Yeah, 6.5. He's selected by 6.3% of players. So some people believe in Diaby. At 6.5, I don't really see how easy he is to fit in your team. At that point, I'm like, why don't I go for the more known quantity in Abrizio Eze at Crystal Palace, Mm -hmm. who I believe is also 6.5. He's had an incredible preseason. And that's just kind of a mark on... uh, what do we expect for crystal palace this season and hodgson is not like a progressive manager however hodgson like miraculously brought out the best i think they kept him up i don't i don't don't know how realistically they were going to go down but he did solidify yeah and i thought they i thought they looked actually and that was when eze came out of his shell for whatever reason Vieira didn't want to play him so it's interesting that hodgson known as a defensive manager somehow empowered the attack at Palace. So Eze, Diaby, uh, and then I'll just I'll I'll throw Mount back into the. I feel like Mount is applicable to a lot of like questions here. Yeah, I think that um, uh, the one I, I guess Darwin is the one that comes to mind to me as the kind of punt that I'm not there with. Um, I just um, I just feel like every time, even in the preseason, there's just a lot of Darwin spoils a great chance. Darwin, you know, it's like he's. And it's just like, there's a kind of person who looks amazing 
uh, with, with the underlying stats because they're just always in good positions and and have chances and and it just doesn't seem like it ever quite clicks. And I he just feels like I remember you used to call Anthony Knockhart Anthony Tryhard, mm-hmm. right? Because he was like this guy who just kind of um, just his brain was was working a little too much on the pitch, and that's I feel a little bit like that might be the case with Darwin Nunez too, where he's just it feels like he doesn't quite know. It's like they they're and I know they're trying this season. They gave him the number nine shirt, and it's like you're the you're the forward, you're the number nine. Like wow, it's, it's okay. Like finding Forrester, to, you're the man now, yeah, dog. You're the man now, dog. Yeah, and they're like. This is your, you know, this is your spot. Like we, they want him, they want him to earn this spot. I, I do, I do think that that is the case. I mean, someone like Gakpo is versatile enough. They don't, you know, the, 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 I don't think it really matters as much with, with him, right? Uh, they know they can trust him in lots of different positions. But I think, I think with with Darwin, they they want him to be that forward. And it just, I just don't. I, I actually, you know, I want to be wrong because I, I like Darwin. Like I, I want, um, I like the way he plays. And I'm not really getting, just, that. I'm not really getting that from what you're saying. Well, I guess I feel like a little disappointed as somebody <laughs> had him for like many, many game weeks last year. He, he falls into the category of, I have to admit, I, Bruno was kind of in this category too, of player who suddenly turns into a better fantasy asset over the summer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like team hasn't changed that much. And suddenly a like whatever fantasy asset is a must own fantasy asset. So wouldn't in this, it be the, nice asset? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if all the things that made them not fun to own last year, yeah. make them fun to own now? Mm-hmm. Like uh, they basically just comes down to like finishing their chances or whatever. And so um, I'd say Darwin's up there. I think Eze is, um, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't say that he's like overvalued, but I, um, I just don't know that I really want to have like a bunch of Crystal Palace players at the moment. And nothing, no, no, uh, disrespect went to the club at all, but I just, I feel like there are some players like Brighton with Matoma. It's like, just give me, give me Matoma at home to Luton town. And then, and then let's talk, you know, we can talk about moving him over to SA or, or something later on. Um, but I just don't, I, I, I guess I feel like I don't need to start the season with someone like SA and I can, I can kind of move there. He's not too expensive and yeah. he doesn't feel like as much of a must own early on as some of the other players in that bracket. The knee, the, the, idea of needing a player is right because we are fond of saying that uh, the game the fantasy season doesn't really start in game week one it starts in game week two these are all question marks that we'll have you know not full answers but we'll have some idea of after game week one once we've seen them play so punts yep i feel a little surplus requirements right now yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that feeling is inevitable that like, oh, I, 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 I considered that player, right? Like Nicholas Jackson might end up being this guy, right? I considered him all off season. Why didn't I go for that mm-hmm. move? And it's just, the problem is if you're being honest with yourself, uh, you probably considered almost virtually every player in the game or certainly, you know, certainly a, a gigantic, gigantic pool of, of players. And some of the ones that you considered are going to go off this weekend. And that's just, that's just how it goes, right? You can only field 11 players and that's just something we, you know, nobody loves it, but that's just, that's just the nature of it. Right. And so, um, yeah, uh, just for, yeah. just for a moment, I considered Lyle Foster like five minutes ago. So exactly. that was my last guy to left to yeah. consider Mr. Foster. All right. So, um, Sir Mattman says, let's do, let's do two more questions here, Brian. Uh, so we had, we, I think we talked about Liverpool enough already. So let's do uh, Sir Mattman says, do you think the introduction of world cup style extra time will have any FPL consequences? 
fewer clean sheets, more point blocking, one point appearances off the bench. Um, does our be- does our bench become more or less important? I think it's overthinking it. A there are so many of these rules and regulations brought in at the start of the season that are enforced for a couple of weeks and then just kind of like disappear either because refs yeah. don't want to enforce them or people behind the scenes complain or say it's not working. But like, what are we really talking about here? I mean, a lot can happen in five minutes. Yes, it's true. But so much that yeah. we totally change our strategy to fantasy. I uh, can't imagine that that's going to be true. I think, I mean, we saw today, uh, when was that, when was the Arsenal goal scored? It was like, like the 98th minute. Yeah. Roughly yeah. 99th so, even. Yeah. So we did see it today. I think, I think the second part of what you said is the important thing, which is how do we adjust our strategy? Even if we acknowledge that it will change things, it's like almost more of like a mental problem, right? It's like, how do I not get annoyed, you know, when, the, when this happens, I, I would say as a fan, I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think that, um, players crowding the refs over decisions, VAR reviews that take three and a half minutes and somehow only a minute of extra time is added on. Like there are any number of reasons why I feel like we do have less football, like less actual play on the pitch than we did a few seasons ago. And so I like the idea of them correcting that with extra time. Um, fantasy wise, I don't know. I mean, there are, I, I, you could see, it's funny. I was thinking about Alvarez earlier and it was like, well, even if he doesn't start game week one and he comes on in the 58th minute or something like that, and then they have 11 minutes of extra time, then I practically going to get a half of football from him. Right. And so it's sort of, maybe it makes the kind of risky players a little like the, like the rotation risk players a little more appealing right? Because even if they come off the bench, you, you'll get like a hearty number of minutes from them, which, uh, I don't know. That's like, that's, that's one thing I feel like, I guess my, my, like, I, I feel like I'm still thinking it through and I don't, I don't have like a clear strategic answer to this question yet. I just don't think it's going to be eight, 10, 12 minutes, uh, every match. I don't believe yeah. it. Yeah. But I think if it is, then I think that we should, but you know, because we could, who knows? I mean, who knows what we'll see if it, if it does turn out to be the case and like eight minutes becomes like the new minimum, um, then there probably are some strategic questions that we need to think about, right? There's, there could be an edge that we can hunt here, but I just don't know what it is yet. Um, so if we try to play yeah. 90 minutes, these games are going to go on for, uh, it's, it's like the offside, like lines being drawn all over again. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, the closer to perfection you try to get, the farther away you are. I don't know. I, I think it's all right. There, there's still a little wiggle room. I mean, NFL Just games more take yellow like four cards. hours. That's the only a- answer. Yeah. NFL games take four hours. Premier League games take like an hour and 52 minutes. I, 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 I If it gets to 100, hour and 58, I think that's, I'm okay with that. Um, all right. Well, anyway, final question comes from Tom D. He says, how much do you think we need to rely on bench players to start the season? It seems to me the only way to fit Sal in, as you've noted already, is to have mm-hmm. a dud bench. <laughs> uh, and is that worth it, giving their fixtures, barring the Bournemouth match? I'm totally good, Tom, with having a bench where I don't expect to get goals, assists, or clean sheets. I'm just going to get minutes. I think that's an okay place to start in game week one. And then yeah. when you play your wild card in the first month or two, then you can correct based on 
when we know who the actual best bench players are because uh, punts punts are really gonna like decisions are really gonna matter based on what midfielder you get uh who you captain like all the all the big assets i think um i don't think you're going to be cut adrift from your mini league leaders based on who's on your bench at this point in the season um yeah so that's where i'd shift my focus i'd say it's nice to have one player who you feel has maybe a little bit of upside in that first bench spot i think i think i I think i I would only really be worried about having a bench that went like one deep and i think Mm -hmm. i think beyond that i'm just not i'm not super concerned about it um i do have uh i didn't actually really talk about this but i um I did throw Tyrone Mings um, on the end of my bench and uh, he could in theory be a 4 million defender. Um, I just sort of did that because I was like, well, maybe I'll, I don't know, someone gets injured. It just saves me a transfer um, later on. But, um, but I I guess that's part of it too, is I, I, you don't want it to be so, so weak that you have to um, basically like pre bank a wild card in for the first few weeks. Right. Because you've got all these kind of, punts and you're starting 11 and then you're like, and then no one can come off and play mm-hmm. if, if there's injuries. Um, so having a, at least one player, maybe two that, that actually start is, mm-hmm. is useful. Um, this is the problem with going really weak up front, right? Cause there's just no 4.5 million forwards, at least not at the moment that we trust to actually get minutes. Right. And this is, that's mm-hmm. actually funny that Sheffield are back because Ryan Brewster was this player a couple of years ago. I remember Ryan Brewster joined sure. Sheffield and we're like, Oh, this is amazing. 4.5 million forward zero and then it was just goal. endless. Yeah. Yeah. Zero goals, endless one pointers. It drove all of us. His price kept <laughs> dropping every week. It was like, it was like a nightmare uh, having him in your team. So yeah, no, no 4.5 no forwards. If you can help it, that's a big yeah, piece of advice. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a recipe for misery. It really mm-hmm. is. All right. Well, on that note, Brandon, let's close out the pod. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks everyone, everyone from the feedback for all of our preseason content. Uh, we've, I think this was our, our seventh pod that we've done in the preseason. So we've put a lot of stuff, maybe more, uh, we, we put a lot of stuff out there and, uh, it's been, it's been very fun to do. And, uh, it's, you know, it's fun cause people, um, give us really positive feedback, right? If we were doing this in a vacuum, um, I don't really know what the point would be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun. It's it's been very fun to uh, to do it. I'm excited to. It's it's also a, you know doing the preseason stuff is fun, but it gets a little exhausting, right? Because you're just previewing everything, and then next week we get to actually dig into what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Start to like make decisions. Mm-hmm. The game week, you know, the season really starts from between game week one and game week two. That's when you really got to engage your brain. So, um, so for now, yeah, don't worry too much. If somebody goes off, uh, who could have been on your team in game week one, that's going to happen to literally every single manager, everyone who's been tinkering, it's going to happen to them as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to say thanks, support the pod, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, as noted, we have that, uh, podcast recording with FPL general that should go live uh, late Monday, early Tuesday. Um, and, uh, Brennan, anything else you wanted to add before we close out this pod? <laughs> Good luck to everybody this season. I, uh, I'm excited for it to start. I've just got a good feeling. And I, I have a good feeling, not necessarily that I'm going to do especially well. This is like, you know, I'm sort of like pre probing my, my fantasy season. I'm just excited for the season. I think it's just going to be a fun, interesting premier league season yeah. plus FPL. So let's all go in with a positive attitude. Uh, 
<laughs> and and yeah. not get mad when people are arguing about Holland nonstop on on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And and lastly, I do want to say thank you to our producer patrons who uh, achieve the trophy of our highest level of Patreon support. We love you, Mike yeah. DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Bob Coon, James. Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Carrie, thanks for that email, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wildmings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Charlotte F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, Noah and Louise. Travis Grant, Julio Pena, Linus Vennerstrom, Dan Parsons, and James C. I said this is the highest level of Patreon. And at this level, and the Volkswagen uh, level just below, you get, as part of your membership, an always cheating 16-ounce, beautiful glass uh, pint beer, whatever. You don't have to put beer in. You can put lemonade in there. Water. Uh, mm-hmm. But all of these uh, are hitting the the mail like this week. So producers, Volkswagen patrons do that. If you want to join at that level at any point during the season, you become part of the circle and you get access to the uh, pint glass as well. All right. That's it. Cool. Follow us on social media, yeah. rate, review, give us five stars. Do that. If you can't do anything anywhere. else, anywhere. Yeah. Just outside your window, you know, or on one of these sites, doesn't matter. Uh, but go out there, find the pod. Thank you for listening. Share it with your friends. Uh, help us get the word out. And uh, thanks again. Good luck in Game Week 1. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.